Welcome to Empire Building, the podcast where we talk about building big businesses and even bigger lives. I'm your co-host, Seychelle Van Poole. I'm Sarah Reynolds. I'm Via Williams. And I'm Wendy Papazan. Welcome back to our leadership series. This is part three of our six-part series. And today, we're going to be talking about something that uh, actually could be number one, which is communication. Communication is often an underrated leadership ability and skill. And honestly, it's the most important thing. As the leader, you've got to have the vision that needs to be communicated clearly. And you have to communicate every single day about the direction and where where you want your team to go. And I know uh, I've had a lot of failures in this realm, which is, um, I don't know if this sounds like you guys, but um, you know, I've had a conversation with somebody on my team and, and then promised to relay that information to another key member of that team. And somehow, cause maybe back-to-back meetings or just slipped my mind, or I didn't have a good system for helping me remember. I just don't communicate that. And so, you know, sometimes as leaders, we're the hub, right? When maybe we shouldn't really be the hub. We're not behaviorally suited for it. I don't know. Do you guys ever experience that? Oh yeah, I fall fall trapped to that all the time. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like every three months I need to be reined in in this area where I do really great, and then I start falling back to the trap of me making promises and meetings, or me being the sort of bottleneck um, to things mm-hmm. going on and forgetting to communicate things or not communicating them correctly. So, mm-hmm. lots of failures on my end uh, in communication for sure. Yeah, 100%. This is my one of my favorite topics. It's kind of a hobby of mine, you know, to study communication over the years. And and I think where I fail too, or at least I struggle, I don't know, I fail sometimes, I succeed sometimes, is discerning, you know, what to communicate when, uh, mm. you know, frequency, mm-hmm. message, how much, how much detail do I go into? How much do they need to know? Com- communication in general, both internally and externally, just is a topic that's really important that I find myself, you know, feeling forward on a lot and, and thinking about a lot as a leader. I think this is fantastic. And the other thing, in addition to all of your fails that I can completely relate to, the other one that recently we've had is like, if you've had several people with you that have grown with you in your organization for a long time, you almost communicate non-verbally. And then you add Mm. a new team member that is brand new into the whole dynamic and mix, how to get that person into the flow and like into everybody else's like cadence, rhythm, style, like that's something we're experiencing right now. We've had several of us together for 10, 15, 17 years. And then we have new people we're incorporating in and reconciling the differences between those communication styles and and blending them together has been something that's been really interesting the last several months for us. Well, and ironically for us, the pandemic uh, actually forced us to become better communicators because I think when you're sitting in an office together, a lot of chatter goes on and people sort of get in the loop through osmosis. But uh, we put some things in place uh, after the pandemic started, like we started using Slack then, which we'd never had before. Uh, We started having more uh, detailed leader weekly leadership meetings uh, that had wrap-up agendas and things like that. So, um, you know, the, the, the pandemic was actually good for us in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, yeah. One of the things, say, that um, helped us, because uh, we went through the, the same thing, Mm-hmm. And because you, you have, especially like your team, you know, all, all of your teams like ours, you know, has a strong culture and its yeah. own sort of 
identity and personality. And Absolutely. When someone new uh, would come in, they almost felt like the outsider because yeah. we were so tight, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's when we started hiring in groups uh, to where, you know, to help them create their own, they had their Culture people. And, and so yeah. even if we hire someone, we then onboard, like if we hire them this month, but if they were new, they onboard with the people we're hiring the next month or to where they feel mm-hmm. like they have their their people um, when they're starting to come into the organization. So um, we we definitely went through that as well, say. That's awesome. So smart. Mm-hmm. Well, today we're going to go over our six steps of becoming an effective leader. And I think we're probably going to do like a second sort of mini episode that's going to be a spinoff of this, which is really our tactical um it's our tactical ways that each of us communicate within our team. So make sure to look for that one too. It's not going to be in this episode. It's going to be uh, it's going to be a separate episode either after the leadership series or maybe we'll do a midweek one. So Sarah, do you want to kick I us love, off? Yeah, I love the way uh, Wendy said that. Uh, six ways to be an effective leader. Like so easy breezy. You just follow these six steps. Yeah, 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 yeah. Twenty-five minutes, you're you're done. <laughs> yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, you can be the best leader in communication. So uh, we know that uh, sometimes when we talk on here, it sounds super easy, but we know how hard it is, and how all of our listeners I know are working so hard on becoming better leaders and uh, better empire builders, and uh, we struggle and have hard times every every single day. Uh, but let's dive into the six things. So the first thing is to listen, is what? to listen. Mm, what? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, were you doing eight other things? Some while, while being <laughs> <laughs> so, so listen, and, and being um, an active, an active listener, I know, um, Bia, you have worked really hard in this area for, with your Bropra skills. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember um, <laughs> leading a panel and calling you and saying, okay, what do I, what do I do? Um, and you talked about, you know, a lot of times when you're talking with someone like on a panel, but this, ha- this happens every day when yeah. you're um, interacting with your team members and you're in a meeting and um, you're thinking of the next thing you're going to say or the next question versus actively listening mm-hmm. um, to the other party. So what are some things that you've done uh, via on that end yeah. um, to be a better active listener? Well, I think that it takes a lot of energy and people underestimate that. And so um, you, you, so I like the word active listener, but you can take notes. That, that helps me stay focused, you know, a lot. And also you can be prepared if we're talking about, and we're not, but if we were talking about being on stage and or podcast and doing that kind of an interview, that's where preparation helps because you, do, you can relax. You don't have to worry so much about preparing your next question if you've already prepared potential questions, right? So you can really listen. But the same goes in a, in a business setting, uh, even in a family setting, if we're talking about family, where if you're really prepared and mindful and in the moment, and, and you can shelve and silo any future projections on, you know, what your need to respond needs to be. And you can be at peace with a little pause and a little bit of contemplation. Um, then you can relax into listening well, right? So I just kind of, you kind of have to give up the need to look good and be right all the time mm-hmm. because you have to lean into just listening and then just know you might have a pause where you're going to have to think for 30 seconds, mm-hmm. you yes. know, and, and just be okay mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, the the other key thing that that helps with with um, listening is asking questions, right? 
And I yeah. think um, one of the things that I, I try to teach our uh, sales team as well as all of our leaders is, you know, you want to ask questions, but then giving the other person time to respond before moving on, right? So um, I have found that counting in your head 10 seconds. So if you're s- sitting down with uh, one of your team members or uh, someone in your organization and you struggle with listening, um, you know, I always want to say the next thing and jump in and, you know, I'm, I'm more aggressive and all those things. And so for me, I've had to like implement a 10 second rule where I literally count in my head 10 seconds. So then I'm not interrupting them. They're thinking. So when they're not answering, they're actually hearing stuff because their mind is going. Um, and so that helps with listening is that little tip on counting uh, 10 seconds to make sure that you're fully well, involved. I think that's, a, I love that, Sarah. It's such a great, it's a great nugget. And I think this is especially true for people who have a different behavioral style than you do. So maybe somebody who's on your operations team where they're more process oriented, where they really have mm-hmm. to process. Like a lot of us are pretty quick, um, quick on our feet and quick yeah. thinkers and doers. And um, actually that's what gets us in trouble. You know, our, our thinkers are the mm-hmm. ones that uh, they actually save help us. us. Yeah. <laughs> um, they save us. And uh, so just understanding that, that not everybody is a quick processor like you, or maybe, maybe, maybe you aren't a quick processor, but just understanding that different people have different styles and really allowing for that. Because as a leader, everybody doesn't adapt to you, you adapt to them, right? Yes. That's what Sarah, mm-hmm. that is what Sarah is talking about is, is she is, uh, modifying her behavioral style to to that of those around her, which is so powerful. Yeah. One last thing, and we we'll get we can get into this in the tactics episode, but um, but the concept of acknowledgement and mm-hmm. encouraging them to keep talking is also something um, that that I I try to do a lot. Where you're you're agreeing with their feelings, but you're not necessarily agreeing with with their content. That's not a good way to put it, but, but where I, you know, I, I make sure that I'm like, thank you for sharing. I'm very, mm-hmm. incur- I try to be anyway, it's purposeful. Like it's mm-hmm. not natural. Like, but you know, Wendy, thank you so much for sharing that. I can tell this means a lot to you. So it's not me saying like, you know, that's I 100% wrong, agree or that's or right. Disagree. Right. Or yeah, I, you're right. I, exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it's just, you know, I try to be encouraging and acknowledge and, and, and like, you know, motivating them to continue to share. That, that's good. Yeah. The, the last thing real quick, and I know we need to move on, but the last thing with listening that I think is important. And again, this is, this is for my failures of, uh, I get distracted super easily. So if I ha- see my phone lighting up, if I, um, I had to stop wearing the Apple watch cause I didn't yeah. know how to even turn off the notifications. It was driving me nuts. I've had to put like a uh, fog like stuff on glass because I get so distracted that I'm not paying attention to Mm -hmm. the person in front of me, whatever you need to do to eliminate distractions when you are with a a team member to ensure that you can actually listen and be present with them is so, so important in communication. Um, And so I love uh, that this is number one for, for communication because it's so important to, to listen and to be all in when we're having these conversations uh, with our team members. I love that. Well, and that that really, when someone feels like you're listening to them, then number two really opens up, which is you can encourage dialogue, right? If someone doesn't feel like you're valuing their input or what they have to say, then they're not going to share their opinion 
or their thoughts with you. And so when they know you're listening, then the second part is you can encourage dialogue and opening up um, by letting them know first that they're important and second, asking for their input. I think too, all of us on this podcast work with and have hired or work side by side with really, really smart, savvy, brilliant people. And so making sure that we're not leading by consensus, but instead leading by encouraging communication and recognizing them and thanking them for their input, like Via gave a great example on that, um, makes a huge difference when it comes to what somebody wants to contribute to a culture or an organization. And I think another way to do that too, when you're working through um, communication, whether it's a leadership meeting or a presentation, is to ask open-ended questions instead of yes, no questions. Um, you know, an example of that could be if you're if you're working towards someone who's committing to their goal, right? Instead of saying, are you willing to commit to get this done? Maybe asking questions of like, what would hold you back from accomplishing this goal? Or how do you think you could achieve this goal? It's the same buy-in and commitment, but asking it in a way that gets their brain working instead of just a, a yes, no. Um, and you might discover things that you might not have heard with just a yes, no buy-in instead. Yeah, I think one one of the ways that um, that we do this is um, is by we have shout outs every morning, and then also part of our team meetings is showing appreciation. And I've always found that appreciation will generate more of that behavior, more than even like a hard line conversation. So mm-hmm. when we want more people to speak up, and this is something I've had to work on because I'm like a do this type of leader, meaning and give clarity on what to do. Mm-hmm. But then what ends up happening is people you don't want people just robots, right? The biggest thing right. that they bring to your organization is their brain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we wanted to encourage people speaking up, like Say was mentioning. And so we started intentionally giving shout outs to those that spoke up. And then that led to others feeling like they had freedom to speak up. I love that. One, one thing we do in the hiring process actually is set the expectation that we expect you to come to the table with ideas and solutions. Um, And if you come to the table with a problem and you don't have ideas for solutions, I consider that complaining. But if you come to the Mm. table with a problem that you see and two or three ideas that you see for solutions, we love that and praise that. And so I think too, how you set up the hiring process in your communication cadence makes a big difference as to how people want to show up in your organization. And that's something that's made a big difference for us. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, Also asking for feedback. Um, right? What do you guys have for cadence for getting feedback from your people? Do y'all have anything that you do in particular? Well, we used to have a survey that went out, which was great. And then somewhere along the line during the pandemic that got stopped, but that was actually, you know, it's sort of scary to do that. (laughs) Yeah. It was scary to, Mm -hmm. to get feedback like that. Um, I think what we do now is it's just really encourage, you know, the people that are at the top of your organization that are your key leaders, you need to Mm -hmm. just have that conversation with them, which is, which for me sounds like this, which is, you know, I don't get any feedback from anyone. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm isolated here and you need to let me know because I want to become a better leader. I want to become a better, uh, you know, because I have a job on my team too. I want to become better at my job. So you need to give me feedback on that. You know, and, uh, you know, if you've got great people on your team and you've allowed them to do that, they'll give you, they'll tell you what you need to hear, you know, and it's, it's not, it's not always comfortable. Yeah. You know, it can, it can be uncomfortable. 
But that's like Renee calls that rumbling through, you know, vulnerability. Yeah. Well, I think good leaders, especially with communication, give everybody a voice, not a vote. And so, you know, mm. it's important to have an atmosphere of of praising in public or at least around the team when someone does speak up. And so I'm very conscious of that because I've also failed in that. Mm. I've failed because I've gotten defensive before. They don't know the whole story. And then when they don't know the whole story, the question is, should they have known the whole story? And it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning. Like, you know, it's a struggle Mm -hmm. knowing what to communicate, how often and when and to whom. And so um, I do think that positive reinforcement is good here. And then we, we talked about, you know, the concept of validation. I try to validate a lot. So we just had a, um, I'm fresh from this. It's good timing. Uh, Two days ago, I had uh, all of my team leaders um, up up in in Bellingham together in person and someone spoke up, you know, and and we were a nice tight leadership group. So it was a good, good thing. And I, I was very conscious in the moment that this was a moment to do that. And so I um, I validated them. You know, I'm like, thank you for bringing that up. And, and someone actually went on to another topic. I go, hold, hold on, hold on. I, I want to go back to what she said because she she had a question. Do you guys all have that question? Mm-hmm. And they and they nodded. And I go, do you want to have a real mm-hmm. talk, guys? Do you want to have a real talk? And I That's paused good. this and, and I was like, good. thank you for bringing that up. I, 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 I would like to think I made it safe. And, and what was interesting is, is I did zero prep for that offsite. Mm-hmm. So now all my team leaders listening know that. <laughs> Usually I prep for days. Right, on right. I did zero prep. Do you know how many, like, I think three of them were like, that was the best offsite we've ever had. <laughs> but I think it was because they had a voice and they felt mm-hmm. heard and they felt like that they, they, I did encourage dialogue, right? Yeah. And uh, and I pass and fail on that. <laughs> like anyone, I think we so. all do. Well, and Yeah. And some of it has to do with how busy and rushed you're feeling, honestly. Yeah. Like we need to... Like that, I know for me, that's a big part of it. When I have a lot of things to do and very little time, it's like you just, you're just less likely to do some of these things. That's right. Honestly. So the last part of that too is um, staying neutral in your reaction. I think sometimes, especially as females, we visually express how we're feeling. And it shows on our faces sometimes more than maybe what we want it to. And so I always have to really work to keep my eyebrows like from showing what my reaction is if I'm in, a, in extreme or not extreme agreement and we're, and we're needing to make decisions. And so I always try to be very mindful of like staying in curiosity, not having, you know, either my questions, my response or my face physically <laughs> showing <laughs> that I'm trying to guide them one way or the other when I'm, I'm trying to get open conversation. <laughs> but Botox can help with that, right? Or... Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe well, I need to see Botox. Just, no, no, no. just give yourself some Botox. I've never done it. I haven't you either, have clearly, because you can make, see like, my lines. I think I'm ready. Like, I, think, right. <laughs> I think Botox is amazing. Uh, think, so, <laughs> I think that that's such a, an important part of leadership. We, we're actually going to talk about it in, in another episode. But, but the concept of being really self-aware with how your reactions are perceived when you're a leader mm-hmm. Um, it takes, it, it does take failing forward. There's no way to experience that until you, I think, until you fail, because you, you know, if you're, if yeah. you're somewhat humble, I think your natural inclination is like, I'm not all that. 
Like I'm not that important. And and the mm-hmm. fact is, if you're somebody's leader, you're really important to them. And those reactions, uh-huh. if you're if you're, I read an article uh, the other day, and it said if you're wincing in pain because your back hurts when someone's giving a presentation, the perception in that whole room could be that you're wincing yes. at their presentation. Yes, because they're all watching yes. you. And so, like, yeah. I, I really was struck by that anal- that that example. And yeah, so good. it is. Yeah. It's so it, true. It, you can be yeah. a humble leader, and you, but you have to understand you have an impact on those you lead. And and when you listen, I mean, it's honoring them in in the nth degree. And mm-hmm. and you have to. You can't just. Listen, you have to say something. Yeah. You you have to show that you're listening. Yeah. I think you have to validate, but but being neutral to your point and being um guarding the wincing of your face because your yeah. back hurts or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or well, I mean, I had, they said. I had one time like I I had a visceral reaction to something that happened one time in a meeting, and Nick happened to be like kind of in and around behind the scenes. And he walked up and he whispered in my ear. This is when I really became aware of it. He whispered in my ear, he goes, Your disdain is showing right now. Oh, that's me. I and I was like, who? <laughs> if you can tell that, like, and, okay. And like from that moment, oh, wow. I have yeah. really worked to keep it in check because I never want overexcitement or disdain for that matter to show up mm. in a conversation a when it doesn't need to. Yeah. Nick, you're yeah. so wise. He's Shout so out. smart. <laughs> we'll tell him to make sure I, I he think... listens to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> This for sure is, and I'm saying quieter because this, this for sure is where I struggle by far the most. And I've had some pretty um, direct and open conversations with some key leaders in my organization this year where, you know, my response to feedback or my response to someone being open does not lead to more people wanting to Mm. share. Right. Sure. And, um, I started being pretty transparent with my team lately of like, this is my number one prayer every morning is Mm. I know I struggle with this, that when someone comes to me for me not to be defensive, for me not to get like to help me really listen to what they're saying, not be defensive. And when I told my team that and my key leaders that now they know like, oh, Sarah is aware that she's struggling here. Mm. And like, so I want to just encourage those that are listening. If this is something that's hard for you, it's okay to tell your team that and just say, I'm struggling in this area and I know I need to get better. And I promise you I'm going to get better, but just know I literally pray for this every day that I will get better in it. And I need your help versus like, and so just be open with your team. Transparency is always the best answer. Mm-hmm. Always the best answer um, when when mm-hmm. you're struggling. I I love that. We're going to move on to number three, but but I you know I think Sarah, like as leaders, we fall into we live and breathe it sometimes at different seasons, you know, and we're thinking about it all the time. And it is easy to get defensive because they can't possibly have spent the hours, you know, thinking and meeting and processing and talking about it like we have. And so, without all of that context, you know, it it and they they have a, a percentage of the picture, then it's you know it's understandable. And I struggle with it too. That, that That's what I was just referring to. Like I have to be really purposeful about, you know, making it a safe environment, validating it. So I might go overboard a little bit because I'm overcompensating for the fact that, you know, anyway, I, I, yeah. I, I really, really relate to that one. So, okay. Um, so we are going to move on to number three, <laughs> which is say what you mean. Say what you mean. So uh, be clear and concise in your communication. 
Your words matter. They are hanging on your every word. You you can no longer afford to, if you're leading anybody, you can no longer afford to be lazy with your words, right? Every single mm-hmm. one of them matters. In large part, as a leader, your job is to simplify the complex. And that is harder mm. to do. I want to use a yeah. lot of words. So it takes me more time to use less words. That is it. That's like a write that down. Yes. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. true. Yes. It's so yeah. true. Because what it is, is if you're using a lot of words, it's you're, you're being lazy. Mm. You know, if you, if you oh, write sure. something, it just means you're not going back and taking the time to, to edit uh, what you want to say. That's, that's really what it looks like. And that's why a good, that's why Hemingway, you know, is so, you know, he's so universally loved. It's very sparse prose prose because everyone know, yeah. can understand it. And mm-hmm. he really, you know, distills the characters and the plot and everything. And um, it's, that's very hard to do. Very yeah. hard. I think the, the other thing that goes with saying what you mean um, and, you know, just being, being direct in, in, in your response to, to your team and saying what you mean, but also, when you say what you mean, I do my best to try to communicate what's in it for them in the conversation with whatever I'm trying to communicate. And so Absolutely. tying it, like, and not just, you know, we discovered we were having some struggles with our ISA department um, in the last probably a month or so. And and this is a department that we've had for about over a decade, something that we do, I believe, better than any um, team in America. Um, but we're struggling. We were struggling. And what we had like an SOS meeting this week and um, really what it came down to was we we had forgotten to make it about them and their goals, right? Mm -hmm. So saying what we mean, we were saying what we mean. Like you got to do this X, Y, Z, but we were not tying it into this will help you reach your income goal of 100,000 or this will help you get to your first house. This will help you. So say what you mean and then always tie it into what's in it for them because remember leadership is serving others and so we want to make sure yeah. that we're always putting what they're wanting um in in with whatever we're saying we mean yeah i i think that i love that sarah and i think that also say what you mean is asking very direct questions right i've gotten a lot better at and i've noticed um leaders around me who i've seen grow have gotten a lot better at this too at just asking direct questions Sarah, what did you do prior to this to get yourself in this situation? Sarah, what lead sources were you contacting? Sarah, how many how many contacts have you been contacting every day? Sarah, have you been doing your power hour every day in the last five days? I mean, like it's just it's just just much more specific, clear and concise, frankly imprecise. Mm-hmm. Uh, questions and statements, right? I, I've just gotten to the point where this beating around the bush just just doesn't work. Side note: when you're when you're um, giving news, bad news. When you're when you're sharing bad news, um, there's a book called Simply Said that to me is it's kind of the via Bible certainly of communication, and and they have a really good chapter in there on delivering news. But one of the things that I've really um, internalized is is the first statement tells the person what's coming next. So, um, so you know, Seychelles, I want you to know right now, everything's gonna be okay and your house is still gonna sell. And I now I wanna tell you there's been a bump in the road and this is what's going on, there's going to be a delay. Now, so you're bracing yourself for, okay, now sometimes, and we've all had these moments, Seychelles, I wanna let you know, uh, we're gonna have a really hard conversation and, um, and your home is going to, the sale's going to fail. 
Now, I want to walk back and talk about what we can do about it, uh, what this means for you, what the, what the action items are over the next week, what we're doing right now, and what's going on, okay? And so, you know, like whatever it is, it, it's bracing the person instead of uh, nothing is worse than the blind agenda. Nothing is worse than texting somebody and saying, hey, we need to talk. When can we talk? Yes. We need to oh, meet. Yeah. That yeah. is such that a trigger. People. That is a trigger statement for me. <laughs> that is a, a total trigger statement. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Well, and I, th- and I think a lot of our listeners there were, you know, we're, pe- we can be people pleasers, right? We're young uh-huh. people and uh, especially women, you know, a lot of women were taught to be nice and uh, not give bad news and, uh, you know, make everyone happy and all of those things. And so that's why there's a lot of um, obfuscation from women around language, right? Which is like, I don't want to hurt anyone. So I'm going to like fluff it all up. And what that does is it just confuses people. You know, it really confuses people. Um, You guys know, I don't have that problem. I'm super direct. And, um, and yet I see a lot of people do it. And actually it's really confusing to me when people talk to me like that. I don't understand why there's like almost like a lots of words around what they really want to say. Uh, So I love how you phrase it via Mm-hmm. That I mean, I that's definitely always. been a struggle. That's <laughs> On the for me, especially. I do, but it yeah. <laughs> I've, I've struggled yeah. with that big time and had to really learn how to rein that in. Because growing up in the South, we just it, we're people pleasers, and you're taught to build consensus and always be positive, and that, that's just a bit. I mean, you know, that's just a big part of how I was raised. So I have had to completely relearn that entire communication part completely. Yeah, yeah so good. Um, and there is actually a Hemingway app. So just FYI, guys, you can Gonna be downloading oh, really? internal communication through that and it'll clean it up for you. All right. So moving to number four, um, use nonverbal cues to your advantage. I'm not going to belabor this one because we've actually talked about it quite a bit already. But, um, you know, do open body language, right? Don't cross your arms when you're standing in front of people, uh, especially for women. If you can, you know, talk into your collarbone. Uh, I have a very soft voice, so I have to really, like, you can hear me talking into my collarbone. You can actually put your hand up and you can feel it. Um, and so a deeper tone, you know, it conveys power. It can pay, it conveys respect. Um, and if that's something that you're going for, if you've got a meeting in front of a lot of people, that's really important. Uh, slow down when you're speaking. A lot of us speak very quickly, Right. If you're speaking one-on-one with someone, don't forget to mirror and match because, again, as the leader, you are communicating with that other person, and your job as the leader is to make them feel comfortable. Lean in when you're speaking, right? Lean in when you're speaking or when you're listening to someone. You know, you can literally, you're, I think, what is it, nonverbal, 7% of communication yeah. is your words. Nonverbal is like 70%. Um, and then you want to watch, you know, Via mentioned this earlier, you want to watch the nonverbal cues of the person listening to you, right? Like, why is my leader, you know, looking like they're disdainful? Oh, well, I just, my back isn't feeling right, right? It has nothing to do with you, but you need to be aware of how your nonverbal cues are being perceived by everybody. And, and I think with that, um, Wendy, is when you can pick up on their nonverbal cues, you know, typically if you're paying attention to those, you can pick up if they're not understanding what you're saying. So if they don't have clarity and I just giving, I just want to give permission to our listeners to pause at times. And I, I, I now pause meetings many times and say like, it's seeming like you guys aren't understanding. Can I, can you ask questions? Let's pause and 
let me hear your questions because I don't think I'm communicating this clearly or um, to help them. So pay attention to their nonverbal verbal cues and be okay with adapting um, well, and to I, make sure and that I you're responding that, Sarah, to them. Because really what you're saying is, is it's my job to communicate effectively. It's not their job to understand what I'm Correct. saying. Like if you aren't yes. communicating something, um, if they're not getting, you know, what you're laying down, it's because of you. It's not because of them. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So smart. Yep. yep. So number six um, is have integrity with your word. So Zig Ziglar said it is true that integrity alone won't number make five. you a leader. Oh, sorry. Number five. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's true. It, it's true that integrity alone won't make you a leader. But without integrity, you will never be one. Um, I remember reading that um, you can you can grow with a lack of integrity, but you will not stay there. Meaning you can grow an organization, but if you lack integrity, your organization will not stay uh, where it was. And so being transparent. Or you'll um, be ousted. Yes. Yep. Yep. You'll be ousted. Yep. Being transparent, being honest, um, doing what you say you're going to do. I I remember when uh, we do surveys pretty regularly. And I remember about five years ago um, when we did a survey and multiple of my team members said that um, I was saying I was going to do things and wouldn't, wasn't doing them. And it was hard to read. It was, um, but that was a lack of integrity, right? If I was saying I was going to do something and then not doing it, um, then that, that was my lack of integrity. And so I, I stood up and I apologized and I explained, um, that I needed a better system for when things were being thrown at me. Cause I, what was happening was I would walk in the door and then team members would come up. Can you call this client? Can you do this? Like I was getting a list of things to do and me being a people pleaser. I'm like, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll do that. So I was making all these promises. And so I needed to explain the best way if they need my help with something, how to communicate that to me. Right. But being in having integrity and showing that you have integrity um, to your team is such a big, big part of communication. Uh, Yeah. I I mean, this is such an important topic with me right now that my word of the year is finish because I have to be cautious of what I'm starting because um, I have overpromised so much that I have gotten um, out of relationship with my own word. And like I've gotten um, out of integrity with my own word because I was saying I was going to do so much. It was, it was clear to me, everybody but me, that it was physically impossible for me to perform on that. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is that erodes trust more than anything. And, and trust is the foundation of every relationship. Right. So yeah. having integrity with your word, it's part of the four agreements. Um, be impeccable to your word is kind of my focus this year. And it is really hard to do when you say you're going to do something like really think about it. Like if you say, I'm going to wake up and make my bed. Do you have a relationship with your word so that you believe that you're going to do that yourself? you know, and then it moves to other people. I mean, this is a big topic uh, in my life anyway, and it's tougher than it sounds. A a big part. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Via, for interrupting you. I got excited. No, it's okay. A big part part of integrity is, you know, your team, your team and people Mm -hmm. will watch more what you do than what you say. Right. So like Mm -hmm. for years I was saying, make your health a priority, but then I was very clear by looking at me that I was Mm -hmm. not making my health a priority. That's a lack of integrity there. If we're saying one thing and then our actions say something completely different. And now I'm more like, okay, what do I want my actions to show my team this week? Yes. You look smoking hot, by the way. 
I you do know. look fucking hot. Damn, you look girl. amazing. I mean, you look so, so good. good. So it's, good. Yeah. Like I can I'm, barely, I can barely be on this podcast with you right now. I'm just, I'm like <laughs> feeling it. Hot flat. Oh, it's <laughs> I, I feel, I feel amazing. And, um, I, I, yes, I feel amazing. And I'm proud of myself, uh, for that. Good. You um, should be. More, You've worked really I, hard. I'm proud of, I'm such a, a better leader in this area with integrity and with my health. And my entire organization looks different because of it. And so that's why I got excited to share when Via was talking was just because yeah. this is something that your actions have to match. Um, and mm-hmm. that is integrity. Your your personal actions, they all will look to you um, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. follow you. So. Well, that's why our, the, the first part of the series is self-leadership, right? Yeah. yeah. It's just so important. You have to yep. be able to lead yourself in order yep. to mm-hmm. lead other people. And it doesn't mean you have to be perfect in, area, in every area. I mean, you know, I think uh, even before you started your health journey, Sarah, everyone in your world would say what an incredible leader you were. Um, and yeah. uh, it's part of our journey to uh, work on every area of ourself, right? And to yep. to have self leadership over those areas of ourself, and it's yeah. it's it's always a journey, right? It's always it's a, a it's a muscle. I think this is a muscle you're building. It's to me. I used to hear the phrase of like you either have integrity or you don't, and I I think that the older I get, the more I realize it's that you're in integrity in certain areas of your life, and sometimes you're out of integrity in certain mm. areas of your life. And so like good the big one that I have had over the last couple of years is like taking unplugged time away. I was not in integrity with our business. I you know we would take time out of state working from somewhere else, but it would work six, seven days a week. And so taking that time unplugged off to show our team, that is important to have that decompression time the same as it is to have your really engaged work time. And so I think in, you know, we talk about the six different areas of your life that we're always working on. I think at any given point in time, we're in a counterbalance, usually in one area because we're leaning heavily in another and we have to flex that muscle to get back. And I'm I'm so proud of your journey on the health side because you can see that integrity for you internally growing so much mm-hmm. in that side. And it's awesome. And, and that's that's what we've just been doing this year on actually taking time off. So I love it. It's great. So good. I'm so proud of you guys. We're growing. So then the next one and the last one is, um, and probably this could be the first one, but also could be the last one, which is make it about them and not you. Um, that probably could be the first part of communication too, which is make it about them and not you. Um, you know, you want to speak, write, present with your audience in mind and really ask yourself the question of like, what does my audience need to hear? Or what is the primary thing I am trying to get our team to do out of this meeting or out of this communication? Um, and making it simple and effective helps, but also like Sarah mentioned earlier, right? Like what is, what's in it for them? What do they need to take away from it and how this communication impacts them, empowers them or helps them move the needle in one area or another? It's all, that's, that's always important. It's extremely important when there's lots of changes happening in the mm-hmm. organization or um, in the market, right? So like, you know, we're experiencing a shift. And so communication and making sure that, okay, you know, leadership's being really hard right now and in, in holding me, everyone more fiercely accountable. And why we're doing that is to make sure that you reach your goal. And you told us your goal That's was right. XYZ and making it always about them and what they're wanting to accomplish um, is so, so important, especially when changes are around or there's high levels of fear going on. 
I completely agree. And and if you think about communication is is not what you're communicating, but how people are receiving you, it helps. Because while while you can only control what you're communicating, you're responsible for how they're receiving it. Wendy mentioned it a little bit, you know, basically earlier, right? And so we call that so with them, Sarah. I am constantly mm-hmm. everything has to have a with them. What's in it for me? What does this mean for me? How, what action yep. steps do I have to take because mm-hmm. of this information and because of this news? And when you become other focused. That's really what Simply Said taught me, that book, was was the concept of, mm-hmm. oh, it's how others receive this and, and how it's relevant. Mm-hmm. I read this really good um, article on, on uh, engagement and why people engage with you versus not. And it has to, a, lot, a lot of it has to do with proximity. Proximity to their biggest challenge, proximity in geography, proximity in how close you are to them, right? And so when you think about them, not you, think about the proximity. How can you get in closer proximity to their problem, to their challenge, to what they need, to their motivation? I, I constantly think in terms of proximity. And I know it's kind of an odd higher level, like it's kind of a esoteric concept, but it's really interesting if you think about it that way. Mm. Mm -hmm. I love that. So smart. So many nuggets today. Uh, I know we all struggle with communication in different ways all the time. So I think my main takeaway from today is really to understand how important communication is and continue to get better at it. Right. That's my main Mm -hmm. takeaway for the day. And there are specific ways we can do that. And what I love about what we talked about is if you think about a leader from from 50 or 70 years ago where it's a top down leader, where the leader Mm -hmm. is speaking at people instead of uh, encouraging uh, team participation. Yeah. It's a very different kind of leadership is what we're talking about, which is you want to listen to your people. Right. You don't want to ever be necessarily the smartest person in the room. The best thing about what what did you say, Sarah? The best thing about your people is their brains. Right. Right. Yes. You're you're there because. Together, everyone achieves more. Everybody has a different perspective. So you want to listen and then you want to encourage dialogue, right? It's not enough just to listen, but you have to encourage everyone to speak up and participate and share and understand that different people are going to give you that information in different ways and at different times. And then, of course, you want to say what you mean, right? Be specific about it. Don't beat around the bush. Um, remember that nonverbal communication is a huge part of communication, right? It's 70% of it. So <laughs> don't be, don't, don't have that Nick whispering in your ear, right? Yeah. Which is, <laughs> I see the disdain on your face, right? We don't want that to happen. That's a big no, no. Yeah. Um, don't do that. Have an, and then have integrity, right? Um, it's really important, especially when leading through tough times, be the person you want your employees to be right? Be that person, be an integrity, be an integrity with your word. And then the final one is make it about them and not about you. You know, uh, Zig Ziglar, I think is the one who said, uh, you, if you help enough people get what they want, you can have everything you want in this world. And that's truly the definition of leadership. And that starts with fantastic communication. So thank you guys for tuning in today. I hope you join us for our next episode where we're going to get really tactical about the ways that we use communication to our advantage on our teams and in our our organizations. And until then, go out and uh, live a big life and don't forget to grow a big business while you're at it. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.